0: The scripture reading for our meditation today is taken from the letter of 1 John, the third chapter, verses 13 through 16. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would now increase our faith through them. Amen. When I entered seminary, I had a lot of different questions that I was hoping to get answered for myself. It's one of the fun things about going through seminary, despite the work and everything, is it also helps to answer a lot of your own questions. For me, I had some real struggles in a variety of things, but one was whether or not I really was a Christian, whether or not I really did have true, genuine faith. What, what if this thing that I considered and thought to be my faith was somehow not authentic, not genuine? And that actually bothered me at times. And one day in class, in our dogmatics class, I remember we ran across a statement by Pieper that sounded something like this. If you are concerned that you may not have sincere faith, that is a sign that you do. Only a Christian is worried about whether or not he might be a true Christian. That was very comforting for me to run across that. I don't know if you've ever had those thoughts, am I really a Christian? Is it possible that I'm faking myself out? This thing that I think I've in de- identified inside of myself, what if what if somehow that isn't real and legit? That was very reassuring for me to run across that. Only a Christian worries about whether he's a Christian. <laughs> and uh, that's very comforting. It's a blessing to be in the church of true believers, those who love Christ and and want to follow him. Now John tells us in the text before us that when that takes place in us by God's work, that when that faith is created in us, this creates a a pressure from the world against us. It creates an animosity relationship with the world. And he says, "Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. Don't be astonished. Don't be shocked to find out that this faith that's inside of you now causes tension between you and." the unbelieving world around us this animosity of the world however also serves to only intensify the unity of the members of the Holy Christian Church and I can see that in your generation even a little more than mine I think the the uh, the pressures of the unbelieving world and the immorality of our culture has really ramped up yeah, just in the time from when I was in college to, to those of you who are here at that age. And um, there have been many people, sad to say, who have left the faith because of that pressure. But those who remain, it has also produced a, a greater intensity about that faith in them, which is really reassuring and fun to see. Animosity from an enemy can do that, um, If you ever get a chance to watch interviews with veterans of the Vietnam War, and some who were even in a POW camp, a prisoner of war camp, and they'll talk about how they just love to meet together and be together. And now sometimes they'll do it every year. Annually, they'll get back together. And many of them will express that they have a tighter bond to the people that went through the battles with them than with their own blood relatives. There's just something about dealing with a common enemy like that 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 intensifies your unity and your tightness with the person that is going through that very trouble with you. When I was a college student here, there was a young man on campus who, a little older than me, who had come to study for the ministry. And uh, his family had now ostracized him, basically disowned him because he had become a Christian. And I remember he used to talk about that Bethany was now his family. This was now his family. And that that bond that he felt was, uh, was strong because of that. This, this love for fellow believers is something that God creates in us when he gives us faith in Christ as our Savior. And this unity inside of the church, you can see it right away in the book of Acts, in chapters 2 and 3, when Luke is recording for us the establishment of the early congregation in Jerusalem, they had all the elements around them that, still, that we still have to have to have a church today. We call them the marks of the church, baptism, the breaking of bread, the Lord's Supper, uh, the fellowship together, uh, prayers, and listening to the apostles' teaching, the doctrine of the church. And through that, we're told, the Lord added daily to those who were being saved. And it says all the believers were together. Isn't that interesting? You don't just you don't just learn this faith in Christ and just kind of go back to your house and never see each other again. There's an automatic glue that comes with this faith that causes you to want to do what we're doing right now: get together and hear the word of God together, pray together, worship, sing His praises, be blessed through His word and sacraments. So congregating is just a natural part of being a Christian. And the Holy Spirit is the one that creates that in us when he gives us this love for Christ and appreciation for the fact that he paid for all of our sins and has an eternal home waiting for us. And that bond is always around the word and sacraments of the church. And it, it has never changed Ever since the time of the apostles to today, that's still the thing that gathers Christians together. That's still the thing that bond, binds us all together. One hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And you can see this togetherness concept in the very images that God, ha- the Holy Spirit, has used to talk about the church. You get a flock of sheep that are under one shepherd, the stones that have been built together in a building. The body of Christ, with him as the head, and we are the members of that body. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches, all the branches on a, on a vine in a vineyard, uh, that, that unity, again, all connected to Christ. But conversely, conversely from that, John writes, he who does not love his brother abides in death. When you don't have a love to be with fellow Christians... When, when you've pushed yourself away from that and there's nothing inside of you anymore that's drawing you back to that, he says, you're abiding in death. St. Augustine said it this way, no one can claim God as his father in heaven who does not claim the church as his mother on earth. During, uh, during COVID, the last years or so, It was very interesting to see the tensions that developed in congregations. Maybe in your home church it happened too. A lot of tension. It was a difficult time for Christians to go through. And there was a lot of irritation. And you know, when you sit sit back on it now and look back on it, it had to do with this very issue. It had to do with the fact that Christians wanted to be together. They wanted to worship together. They wanted to take the sacrament together. They wanted to sing hymns together. And any time that, that is, has to be pulled away from them, maybe for health reasons and things, it's challenging, it's hard, and it causes irritation. And that, that response to what happened during COVID is really, uh, if you think of the other side of it, it's really a picture of this unity and this cohesion that God the Holy Spirit works in us when he gives us the gift of faith. So what does he say here? We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. Now just just think of that. I'm going to read it again. Think what that passage is saying to you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. You and I used to belong to death. That's the kingdom we lived in. But because of what Christ has worked in us by his Holy Spirit giving us faith in him, we now have been transferred into the kingdom of life and light. And we know we're part of that because we enjoy doing what we're doing here right now. It's just a natural part of belonging to Christ. And so God has chosen to provide you with this, if you will, outward sign of the internal thing that the Holy Spirit has created in your heart. Martin Luther said it like this, Love of the brethren is the test whereby we may ascertain who are the true believers. Dr. David Scare wrote this about being a part of the Holy Christian Church. When you think about the history of the church and all the things that have taken place to Christians all over the world and are still taking place, he writes this, This divine community is above any community we can experience. This holy Christian church has survived empires, persecution from enemies, and even neglect from its own members. It has disappeared at times only to be revived. What a tremendous blessing it is for us, by God's grace, to be part of this holy Christian church that continues throughout time and is going to go all the way till Judgment Day. And think how fun it will be when we finally arrive at heaven and meet not only the people of our generation, but the previous generations, all of the saints before us who've gone ahead of us, who will be sitting around the throne of the Lamb singing his praises. What a joyful day that will be. Amen.